Hello and welcome to the Team GB podcast, the moments that made me in association with the University of Hull. I'm Radzi and in this series we speak to the most incredible Olympic athletes to uncover the stories behind the glory distilled into three succinct moments. In our first episode last week, we spoke to three-time Olympic champion over three consecutive Olympic Games, rower Peter Reid, whose life story off the water is as phenomenal as his performances on it. Unforgettable. Today, though, we'll be double bubble as we'll be speaking to gymnast sisters Becky and Ellie Downey. They talk about how past injury inspired future success, about how they inspired each other, They live together, they train together, they absolutely support each other, and they have two sets of fascinating moments. As ever, if you enjoy this, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts from. We really appreciate your feedback, and ultimately, we want to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could share the podcast across social media so as many people as possible can hear about these special stories. So let's get into it from their home in Nottingham. It's Becky and Ellie Downey. Well, I am delighted to be joined by the gymnastic sisters extraordinaire, the European medalist, the Commonwealth medalist, the world medalist, Becky Ellie Downey. How are we? Yeah, we're good, thank you. Now, at this point here, we sometimes test our guests on how well they know themselves. But for you two, we thought we'd work out between you which of you are the appropriate. So we're going to kick off. Between you two, who is the tidiest? Becky, me. <laughs> no doubt there, because when we just started this podcast, you, you were already tidying. <laughs> yeah. Who's the best singer? Uh, I don't know. Equal. Yeah. Equal, Equal, but probably neither. <laughs> Are we equally good or equally bad? Equally average. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the best cook? I would say I've just cooked more because I'm older. I wouldn't necessarily say I was massively better. Um, like you've been cooking a lot in lockdown, haven't you? Yeah. So like Ellie's, I mean, if it was pre-lockdown, 100% me. Yeah. But post-lockdown, I'd say we're, we're fair game. <laughs> Who's the biggest perfectionist? Me. Who trains the hardest? That's a tough question. We train different, don't we? Like, we, I'd probably train the most, I would say, in terms of like just hours. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's harder. It's just what I have to do for myself, if that makes sense. So who's the one who'd be most tired after a gym session? I feel like you know you're tired more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I mean, I am old too. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm out of the three of us, I'm definitely senior in years, but we're going to move on from that one. Um, who's the best music taste? Me. No. Was it not? <laughs> so I excuse think... me, you had a Montana. <laughs> I don't know we have different we have similar music tastes but then also different yeah. like in terms of just like we like rap and R&B I feel like that's kind of similar but then I kind of off the back of that like more pop and like country and you're like what right. is even like J1 like, like I can't deal with that music <laughs> like I have like, one, I have like one or two songs that I think are okay but like I feel like it's a younger generation vibe and Mm-hmm. not as much on my vibe and and just to be clear in case anyone's thinking how old is Becky when she says a younger generation you are in your 20s yeah 
Yeah, you are. You could like my music. <laughs> <laughs> and Ellie, talking about age, in this month, you're going to be turning 21. I know, I know. Like, I still feel about 15. I'm not going to lie. I don't think I'll ever grow up. Like, like we're talking about buying houses potentially. Like, I'm going to house viewings and I'm just nodding my head like, yeah, I know what all that means. Yeah. <laughs> But a fair play, though, for, to do that at 20 years old and be thinking about buying your own place. I mean, when I was 20, I was at uni, not doing any work, not really focused on anything. And yet there you are, <laughs> elite gymnast who's making investments. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, it's nice to know, like, we've saved up enough money to do something like that at, um, at the age I am. So, yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> now, we've got to dive into your both of your gymnastics careers. This is all about the moments that made you who you are. And it's safe to say you've got lots of moments, but we're going to try and distill them down to three for each of you. And Becky, as we established, you are ever so slightly senior in years to your sister. So if you'd like to kick off with the first moment that made you. I'd say the first moment that made me... Um, it was like later on in my career, I guess it was post Beijing Olympics, but just to kind of change my perspective on the sport was when I uh, ruptured my Achilles in 2011. And I think before that point, it was always for me kind of the gymnastics conditioning that the more the old school gymnastics ways that things had to be done. But I had to learn to think outside the box as well as like my medical team to kind of stay fit and healthy as much as you can whilst having such a big injury. And I think my training just really started to change direction from that point, like more cardio training. I didn't really do cardio specifically before that. It was just stuff that we did in the gym, wasn't it? And um, yeah, that was, I think that was quite a, a key game changing point and just as to, for the future of my gymnastics, how things would change. And when you say a rupture, we're talking about the tendon actually tore off the bone. Yeah, it's like, just, I don't know how to explain it, but... More the I feel, snaps. yeah, more the tendon snaps in half, I think. Um, but I mean, I, d I knew immediately what I'd done, that I'd done something because my ankle was not in a in a good way at all. Um, but yeah, it, if, it was definitely a learning point and I wouldn't change it for anything. Um, it wasn't nice to have to go through that, but it taught me a lot. So when you said you wouldn't change that, what, what did you learn from that whole process? I think knowing how you could potentially prevent it like for me long term I really want to coach and I just think better athlete coach communication and just knowing that when you're experiencing certain amounts of pain there's some pain that you just have to deal with that's just training soreness but then there's pain that you need to listen to and we didn't listen to it on that day and it resulted in that massive injury and looking back now it's those kind of scenarios where as much as you don't want to miss a training session or even a week of training if you have to back off that week is nothing in the grand scheme of six months to a year which is what that injury ultimately cost me and um I mean it's it wasn't nice a nice way to learn but I mean to I'd be silly not to learn from that mistake so, so that's one of the moments I guess if you like on the face was a negative the result has been very much positive so Ellie if we come to you when was your first moment that you feel made you? Um, I think mine was my 2013 EOF experience. Um, it was my first like major international competition, really. And, and it was a multi-sport event. So it was really cool to like go away with so many different sports. It was actually my birthday, the day we left. So I got a nice cake <laughs> and um, cool stuff from Team GB. Um, 
But yeah, it was just such a cool experience. I went with Amy Tinkler and Taisha Mattis, who I was really good friends with at the time. We just had such a good time and we came second as a team. Um, I came fourth in the all-around and one vault. Um, so it couldn't have really gone much better for a first major. And I think that was just like a turning point there. Like I knew I could be good and I knew the junior Europeans were then the year after, which was a similar kind of field. Um, so yeah, it was just like a stepping stone towards that. And yeah, it was just an amazing experience. What does winning do to you, especially when it's, like you say, you're young, it's one of your first experiences representing your country and you go out and you deliver everything you know you're capable of. What does that kind of do to your following training sessions and just how you carry yourself? I think at the time, like, I I normally get taken back by it because I'm not, like, at the time I didn't realise how good I was. And people always tell you you're good, but until, like, you actually start winning medals, like, you don't really realise. And even now, like, coming off the back of Worlds last year, you think, like, well, I'm, like, the third best faulter in the world. Like, and you never think of it like that. It's just crazy. Like, you've been watching all those competitions for so many years and you finally get to that point to be on the podium with those kind of people. It's just, like, insane. Um, But, yeah, I think when you get back into the gym, it, it can only give you confidence and just make you work even harder to try and progress and win those bigger medals, which... I'm fortunate enough to have done that throughout my career. So So here's a question for both of you. So you're on the mat or you're on the vault or you're on the beam or whatever it might be. At what point do you think, yes? So if you feel like you've nailed it, is there a point in the routine where you've got past the last challenging manoeuvre? Is it when you walk off and you hug your teammates or you hug the opponents? Is it when you're on the podium? At what point do you get to go smashed it? I think it's different for like different pieces. Yeah. So for like me on floor, it's hard not to get excited once I've done my second tumble because I know all I've got is a couple leaps and a pretty simple tumble for me to go. Um, So I normally have to try and like rein in (laughs) the excitement. Um, But I think you normally know and there's like parts for me like when I get past a certain skill in my bar routine, I know the last two skills are like I can do them with my eyes shut. But like that's when you just have to like really like just control I guess your excitement because then it gives you more adrenaline and then things can yeah. go <laughs> off then. Um so yeah, I think for me beam's the worst. Like throughout my whole beam routine, I'm like like <laughs> I never want to get excited because anything can go wrong because it's a four-inch blank of wood. <laughs> um but yeah. I'd say similar, like there's just certain skills that they're kind of the one that once you've done it you can kind of take a mini sigh of relief like in the routine and normally as well like in competition I don't even know why but just random things happen don't they like just I remember my world's final this year I my very first skill pretty much I caught the bar and I was like I'm dead I was like I'm on the floor I just didn't think like my I could catch my release it was so off and I guess just all those numbers of training and stuff, you just have to forget that it feels off and just go for it. And I mean, once I'd caught the bar, for me, that was kind of a sigh of relief because I hadn't, I still hadn't done my harder skills. But I was like, the fact that I caught that, like I'm blessed and like this is just going to work today. <laughs> like that's literally what I felt. And um, then I just relaxed kind of for the rest of it and it just worked. But I don't know, like being... Beam, I think there's some, there's like your big skills that you can get past, isn't there? That you yeah. kind of think, right, right, that's done now. Just try and 
be calm for the rest. But then the dismount's a big thing too. Like now I have quite an easy dismount. So I know that once I get to the dismount, I'm done. But then sometimes that's when people have got like their biggest dismount and you've got to give it everything for that last little bit. So different pieces and different routines give you kind of different experiences. Um, But there's nothing like the feeling when you've actually finished the whole thing and walked off the podium. It's good. (laughs) Like that's the best one. And unfortunately, I'd love to say, Becky, that you would have had that feeling in London 2012, which is another moment that you felt really made you. That was like the, uh, that's the first team I've actually not ever made in my career until that point. There's not been a team that I haven't, at least if I haven't been healthy, I haven't been on. And um, yeah, that was probably, I'd still say it's the hardest point of my career over any injury, um, just because I didn't really expect it. Now, I definitely would say that I didn't trial my best. I know I didn't. But then there was a mix of the girls in contention that also didn't trial their best. And for me, I thought I'd done enough to be on that team. And getting that news was the hardest thing in the world because you train, you just train for years and years and years. And it's so hard to put into words like what goes into an Olympic cycle. And for me, like... I was a lot younger than I am now, but you never know which is going to be your last. And um, the only way I can really explain it is it's like it felt as if someone had died. It was just like a huge loss. And like, where do you even go from that? And at the time, it took me a good month. Like I never really in my head at that point thought I wanted to quit, but I just didn't know how to deal with it. And I still had to, as being like one of the reserves for the team I still had to go into then the training camps and watch all the other girls train and me just like hope well you don't hope that anyone gets injured but if somebody did then that would be if you would go in and that's also an awful situation because you don't want anybody to get hurt and um I remember after I went on holiday with my friends and that was kind of like the first girls holiday that I'd had which was just a, a, a lot of fun which I needed and then I went on holiday again with the family and just by that point, I was like, I'm ready to go back. And I think the one thing it sparked to me was the fact that like, maybe not being complacent, maybe. Um, and I knew that if I wanted to, that never to happen again, then I had to be so good that they can't not put me on a team. And that's kind of what sparked in me after that. And I was like, this isn't going to happen again. And if like being number three, number four, that puts you in a questionable position, like I need to be number one or as close to number one so there's just no doubt that they can do that and I think that's the positive that came from it as much as it was it was a difficult time and I still think looking back on it it's not it's not an easy thing to understand is it? But that 2012 experience for you Becky has come off the back of the rupture the year before and then your rolled ankle the year before as well so that if you're like 18 months must have been I can't imagine how difficult that was and possibly makes you think do I even want to carry on? Yeah, it was really difficult. Like, as much as the Achilles rupture was hard, for me, it also was like a huge moment of relief because I'd always been kind of like the number one all-arounder for quite a while, like, until Beth, when Beth retired from all-around. So I was just expected to go into every comp and just compete, compete, compete. And now, like, the programme has changed, so you get more options of what competitions you want to do and when we're going to protect you and when we're going to push you and that wasn't really a thing back then. So I just did way too much without really knowing it as well. And when I did it, I was initially very upset. But then I was just like, 
I've got no title to defend this year. That's kind of what I felt. And it just felt like a relief that I could relax and just focus on getting better rather than trying to be the best all the time. And in some ways that was quite nice and taught me a different, again, different sides of things. And it was tough coming back for the world. Looking back again now, I wouldn't have done that if that was an option. Like I would have taken the rest and taken more time to get ready for London but again, like those options weren't really a thing and you just thought you had to compete and be on every team and prove yourself. And it was great to do the Worlds. Like it was an amazing experience. It was in Tokyo. Um, but coming off the back of it, my foot still wasn't 100%. And then that kind of sparked as well the change in me becoming a specialist because I was like, I need to get my body better as well. And I knew I still had a bad ankle. <laughs> um, and I was like, if I want to survive another four years, the smart thing to do is get it fixed now and take, your time and so I, I had surgery at the end of 2012 um and then came back and I was like I'm only coming back for bars to start with and then by the end of that year I had bars and beam and then I was just seen a bit more of a specialist and that's kind of where it started um so yeah you can learn from everything I mean I've learned so much I, I wouldn't want anybody to have to go through all of that to learn but I think we've got a lot bigger well a bigger bank of knowledge now as like a um, organization as BG and the team that we have behind everyone I think those mistakes have been made to to then not make again with future gymnasts. 100% and thank you for showing that with us and then Ellie over to yourself for your second moment that made you and I was really pleased about this one because it's actually something that you shared together. Yeah um, so my second favorite moment would probably be our 2015 world team medal Um I think just we had like a really long prep camp of like six weeks was it of being yeah, at Lillishaw um so six <laughs> weeks of being at Lillishaw all training together like um we were going for just Olympic qualification um we knew we could do well but we didn't think we'd medal and like even on the final day at like first piece second up I made a mistake so I thought I blew it for everyone and I was in the qualification, I actually really stuffed up my bar routine and I was really nervous to go on bars for the team because I didn't know if I could perform it for the team. And I didn't. And I, I felt like really bad that I thought that I couldn't and then I actually didn't come through and perform. Um, so then the rest of the competition, I just tried to make it the best I could. I think I probably did one of the best beam routines I've ever done. And I didn't think I really moved on it. And then... Um, when we got to floor, um, who was first? I think Amy was first, um, then me, then Claudia. And then after that, I remember Ruby turning to me like, like a lot of the Russians were falling on beam and she was like, we could medal you. And I was like, no, 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 don't say that, don't say that. <laughs> and I was like, we still got vault to go, don't say that. And then I was last on vault. But all you guys knew if I landed my vault, then we would have medaled and I had no clue. Like I was totally ruling out a medal and then did my vault and ran off. And then I remember um, the team coach we had then was Liz and she ran up to me and gave me a massive hug. And I was like, I was a bit of a big <laughs> hug for like, I just did my vault. And then she was like, look, 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 look. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and like, yeah, we were just all in tears and just so happy and relieved that all our hard work had paid off. And even like with the mistake I made at the beginning, um, like, I thought I did mess it up for the girls and for to come out with that result was just 
amazing and we made history and it was just so cool to have done it together as well so but you made history at a Glasgow World Championships that the the atmosphere inside the uh, the, I think it was the SSE was nuts because I was there and just the volume and so right before you're about to go for a vault you could actually feel the tension what was it like for you who now has to execute it trying to pretend that a medal isn't isn't possible at all i think it was probably the nervous i actually have ever been for a vault because i knew um claudia and amy had gone up and done their job and they'd done really really good vaults and i felt probably felt more nervous the fact that i'd already made a mistake and i know vault is so natural for me that I just felt like I had to concentrate even harder than I normally do and then Ruby I remember Ruby was standing right next to the podium like shouting for me and obviously all the other girls were and then yeah just really tried to stay calm but obviously the that like you said the atmosphere in there was loud it was insane but luckily it was quite a dark arena and you couldn't see the audience that much because it's quite high up um which was probably a positive as well um so yeah just when I landed it was just a huge sigh of relief and yeah the result was just even better (laughs) and Becky what's it like for you to wait to watch first of all your teammates going to determine if you get a medal or not secondly it just happens to be probably the person you care about more than anybody else it's your little sister and it's your little sister so I guess growing up you're the one who's looked after her you don't need to look after her now but how what goes through your head when she's about to do that it's crazy because in team competitions, it's really tricky setup. Like Ellie normally always goes before me. So I want to be that teammate that's there shouting because just hearing your teammates' voices just gives you that sense of comfort. But at the same time, it, I have to position what, when I'm going to do it because I've still got to perform. And going up on bars, I mean, I, I've got used to it now going after Ellie, but like going up and her making a mistake, I, I'm then the bars lead. So I, I've got to go and do my job and... What a lot of people probably don't know from that world was I was having a really rough time, wasn't I, by the time we got there. I think I just overpeaked and I could feel it by the last week of camp. Like I had an incredible camp, but the last week I was really spiralling down. And when we got out there, everyone was like, you'll pick back up, you'll be fine. And I was not picking back up. Like my skills were really off, weren't they? And qualifications, I bars when podium and qualifications was wrong and then when it came to the team like Ellie said you have so much responsibility to do your job I was like I can't go up with that routine and guarantee you I'll stay on the bar um because I just felt so off so then we had like two days between qualifying and finals and I changed my whole routine they were like right what's going in what's going out and I had two days to make the changes and then after and I think I went through it like normally for our team, we don't do a full routine in the very quick touch warm up that you have in the arena. Um, but it was the only chance I had to do my routine on that bar. So I had to do like a whole routine in the quick touch pretty much. And then I was like, yeah, I got this because I mean, it was a relief that it was an easier version, but I still hadn't actually done it. And then when Ellie fell, I was like, here we go, because <laughs> I actually haven't put this routine out. <laughs> and I remember, I think for bars, that was the one piece you could see the audience because the way yeah. that it was stacked, everyone was behind you. And we had like all of our team like, in the in audience. And I literally was like, oh my gosh. And once I'd done that, I was like trying to reassure the team that like we can forget the mistake, anything can happen. It was piece one, and then beam, we absolutely smashed it, and like 
that was that was a lot of pressure beaming for beaming for a medal really weren't yeah. they and then floor and vault are the ones you tend to enjoy more and I remember going to vault and as Ellie said like Liz was kind of the team coach and I don't think anybody had much of an idea where we were at but I'd been I, I did bars and beam first and then I just get to sit back and watch and when we were on floor that was when the Russians were on beam and they were literally falling off like dominoes weren't they like drop yeah. drop drop and I was like some of it it was kind of like they didn't even look like they look like they'd given up a little bit, like they'd lost their they, fight. They've made some mistakes on bars already. Yeah. So I think they were just a bit... Yeah, like, their mood was down. But yeah. that was a really good opportunity for us. We were like, well, let them keep doing that because we can come back up now. And then um, floor and vault were our stronger pieces. We'd finished floor. And I was kind of working out calculations in my head because I'd finished. And we got to vault. And I remember saying to Liz, I was like, I think we can do this. And she was like, really? And I said, I'm not joking. I was like, we're on vault. Like, vault's the highest scoring piece normally. Yeah. And they're going to floor. I was like, we need the vaults of their lives, but we, we can do it. And she was like, right. And then, I mean, I don't know what she went and said to you guys in terms of getting you guys ready she said, to compete. She kind of said something as like, like we could get a medal. And I would like, not a normal thing you'd say before a vault. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I was confident. I didn't think Ellie would stuff up vault because it's that one piece generally, unless you're going for something that's brand new and it's a risk. Like the team are so solid on vault. Like, and if anything you perform better on vault with adrenaline because you just have a little bit more power it goes a bit higher and you can completely have those freak ones where you wipe out but I mean that would be really unlucky um and Amy and Frags had done their job and I didn't have a doubt that Ellie wouldn't put the vault on her feet even if she had a step on landing or perhaps like minor things but I thought it should be fine and when she did it was kind of just like waiting for it to come in because you, you until you get that score you don't know and then it was just the best feeling as a team because it'd been personally for me like quite a rough world because going in with such expectation and being so ready, but then it just didn't go to plan. And um, But then to do that together as a team, and I didn't really feel like I'd done my best because I had to change my bar routine. So as much as I stayed on it for the team, it didn't really feel like it was very good for me. Um but having that result together was really special. And like looking back on that cycle, the team results that we kind of had, like that was my favourite Olympic cycle of all time because we were just such a team and that was not really a, a very big thing um, previously in my career from London, like that really changed. So yeah, it was, my, it was a pretty special moment. It doesn't feel real, like what we did even. Like when we look back now and we're like, we actually got a world team medal, like it's incredible. So that was 2015, you guys get a team medal. Becky, before we spoke about your rupture in 2011, missing out on London 2012, but in 2014, it's a, it all turns on its head. Yeah, winning my first European title was still like a really special moment for me in my career because it had just been like a struggle for so long, so many injuries, so many ups and downs and... I kind of just see my career as I was like generation guinea pig. Like that's kind of what I see myself as. And you were trying to change the sport. Um, we weren't like a front leading country. And we had we had Beth who was great and was the one at the time bringing in majority of the medals for the women's program. And it was kind of like, how do we get rather than just one person to do it, then do we shift a team to doing that? And after 2012, there was a really big shift in just everything. We got more staffing, like more support, like strength and conditioning, nutrition, and the program really had a change. 
And that's when I felt the biggest shift in like the team. Like it really became about the team rather than a, a an individual. Um, and to finally kind of achieve that after just going through so many years of setbacks and disappointments, like it was really kind of a validation moment. Like I can, I can do it. And I mean, it took me a long time still then to get the world medal after, after that, like an individual one, but it kind of just gave you that belief that it's still in there and that you can. And um, it made all of those kind of sacrifices worth it. And I think especially like missing out on London, it was kind of like a real marker, like I'm still good enough. Um, so that was really special. And at what point do you feel good enough? Is it on the podium? Is it when you finished? Is it when you find out what score you've got? At what point do you think I actually, I have finally achieved? Well, I think that whole championships was a really special championships because competition was just great. And I think actually for me personally, at the end of the year 2013, like I hadn't had an amazing year in terms of the results, but I'd come back after London. I'd made the Europeans and made a final for the first, I think for the first or second time, um, or even got back in the first time in a final for a couple of years, at least for me. And then I made my first world final at the end of that year. And the, the, the final didn't go how I wanted. And I was upset afterwards. But I remember finishing 2013 and just feeling like I absolutely have nothing to prove to anyone anymore. Like I can still do it. And I'm still one of the best ones. And yes, I'm still not perfect yet. But no, neither was anybody else either at the time. So that was kind of just, I felt like just a huge weight had been lifted off my shoulders at the end of 2013 and just, I wanted to enjoy it. And I think going into 2014, like I just had a much better mindset. I felt a lot more relaxed and that I could just go and train and compete without all those extra pressures of having to be the best one, or I'm not going to make a team if I don't do this. And um, it really helped, I think. And the more I competed and the, the better results that came in kind of in the trials process through that, I just felt like I could go and do my job. And um, the final, I, a lot of the time when I've made a final, I've had two different routines and it was kind of, do we go for the harder one or don't we? And I trialed the harder one a lot of the way through, but I hadn't put it out at the, the at those Euros in terms of the qualification in the team final. And it was my decision whether we were going to go for it. And I remember I warmed it up that day and it was pretty good. And I was like, I've got nothing to lose. Like I knew that I had a shot at winning because I had the difficulty if I pulled it off. And in that routine, I pretty much my last skill, once I got past that, I, besides my dismount, I knew I'd done it. So I was like kind of holding back tears whilst I was doing my giant to my dismount because I knew that I'd finally done it. No matter if I had steps on landing, I, I should be on the podium with what I'd done. Um, and then to kind of watch it unfold how it did to like come out on top, it was just, yeah, it was a really special moment. <laughs> And just to add a tiny bit more flesh on those bones is that that was also the same weekend that Ellie did something special herself the morning before. Yeah, um, that was when I was on the junior team and Beck was on the senior team, which was our first major together. Um, and I'd done, we had our team um, silver that week as well. And then I got all around bronze and then our finals days were on the same day. Um, but mine was just in the morning. Um so yeah, my first, finals days normally start on vault. So it was like fresh in the morning, like on vault. Um, and yeah, um, just put my vaults to my feet. I knew, like Becky said, like she had the difficulty, I had the difficulty. Um, so I knew that if I like, just did my job, I should come out on top. I think I did qualify in first as well, which was a confidence boost. And I think I was near last in the final anyway. 
Um, so yeah, I just put my votes to my feet and um, I couldn't really celebrate when I knew I'd won because then I literally had to run out the arena, get my handguards on, then I had bars. Um, <laughs> but I knew I wasn't going to meddle on bars. I, like It was quite a shock that I'd made that final anyway because bars wasn't my strongest piece. And yeah, I just had to go and enjoy that and try and do a good routine just for myself. And then I could celebrate after that. <laughs> and I think it's safe to say you guys did that. Ellie, can I just ask, on your left arm, is that are those the Olympic rings tattoo you've got? Yeah. yeah. Was it ever a question whether you get that? Because I often think that if I was an Olympian, I, even though I'm not really a tattoo guy, I feel like you've just got to do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> as soon as I'd done the games, I knew I wanted to get it. Um, even though the games for us wasn't like the best experience, like I knew I still wanted to get the tattoo and um, it's still such an achievement to just say you're an Olympian and have gone to a game. So yeah, I was definitely getting one. <laughs> Becky, did you get one? Uh, yeah, I actually didn't get mine after Beijing. I got it uh, surprisingly after London. Um, like, was it? I think it was that year. I think it was at the end of that year. Um, uh, yeah, mine's on my left ankle. Um, but yeah, it's again, it's a really special thing. Like, even though like Beijing was a good experience to me, but it was just going for experience, and London was difficult. It was like you are, you can call yourself an Olympian for the rest of your life, and that's a pretty special thing to be able to say. Totally, totally. And finally, Ellie, your moment that made you, and it was only last year. Yeah, so I think probably my one of my favourite moments of my career was my world medal last year. Um, I think so I just the vault that I had to put out to get the medal, I'd literally been working for years. Like I almost had it before the Games in 2016, but it just wasn't quite ready. Um, and then... Before my ankle surgery, I was working it. And then obviously I had my surgeries and then I couldn't do the numbers to get the vault for like a year and a half. And then even when I got back to working on my ankle, like I just couldn't do the impacts to even try and progress vaults. So I was just trying to get my old vaults back. Um, so in 2018, I was just doing, I don't think I was even doing two vaults. I was just doing the one for the world. Um, yeah. And then going to 2019, um, started working it again um, and we had a like kind of a new national coach come in who had had a gymnast who had done it before which was luck on my side because I never was working with a coach who had ever tried to produce the vault before so we were all kind of really guessing of just trying to watch other people do it and kind of ask other people for techniques and advice and I, it was okay but it wasn't like good enough to put out in a competition arena yet so like when I started working with him he obviously knew the steps to go towards getting it to doing it in a competition arena and competing it well um so yeah to finally put that out after about four years of trying to master it was just like just an unreal feeling and even on day one of qualification they said it was my choice if I wanted to do it or not I had done it in the training gyms that week, but I hadn't done them very successfully as it was like the first time, like it's very different doing it in like the training gym at Lillishaw to then even go, go into another training gym. And that was kind of the first time I'd ever moved it out of the training gym. So to go on to like training it on hard for all that time to then try and do it in the competition, like I probably did one average one at best in the training gym. <laughs> So my, once I'd done my first vault for the team, 
the national coach was like, if, if you feel you can do it, go do it. And I'd had an absolute awful comp before that anyway. I'd fallen on bars. I didn't do the best beam routine. and then fallen on floor, which was so unlike me. I don't think I've fallen on floor in years in a competition. Um, so, yeah, it was hard for me to put it out. I had to put, like, all the bad pieces that I'd just done before that aside. And I had all the girls behind me, the national coach behind me, and I knew I could do it. And I was just so happy that I went for it. So, yeah, it was just one of the best moments. And it's always been, like a really big goal of mine to be the first ever world vault medalist and yeah it was just one of the best times thank you very much six moments for the downy sisters just finally we've got tokyo which we didn't even really have time to talk about tokyo being obviously now next year becky you kind of alluded to it being your last olympics ellie who knows but regardless what would be the dream for you both there if i were to speak to you in just over a year's time and say girls can you believe it you did it what would that actually be what would that look like I think it would be medals for us both on our apparatus um like it's quite special that our finals are always on the same day um so I I normally go first but (laughs) (laughs) but they are on the same day and if we were to do it just be like just the icing on top of that your career is really like it's what everybody works for and we've done it on a world stage and already so it's possible it's just a bit of luck on the day as well and yeah we've got to get back to the level we were at last year after all this time off too so but it's possible yeah I'd say the same and I think another really big thing for me is is a team medal I really think we can do it and like we we had a shot in Rio, but we did also know that coming off the back of that world, we kind of, it was, we got a team medal great, but Russia fell four times. We have to remember that. So going in, you, you could expect them to make mistakes, but we had to be absolutely stellar to, to beat them. And it was disappointing, but coming around this cycle, like we've had a really rough cycle with injuries as a squad. Um, but this year, we were looking fire like we had so many we had some younger new generation kids come through and they were phenomenal but the mix of the team that we already had like if we got the right team together like I think we could have surprised a lot of people and I'm just hoping that after all of this we can still have those team members and we we might have more new ones still like keep, keep the team strength that strong that I think we've got a really good shot. And with another year for the younger ones to get even better, it's great. For the older ones, we can make gains. I mean, we're probably not going to add in masses of difficulty now because, like, we're pretty set. And as much as we've got another year, you've got to recover. You've got to get over the amount of time that we've had off and keep our bodies safe. Um, but, yeah, a team, medal, a team medal is massive. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to stay and be part of um the team route rather than the individual route because there was kind of two routes I could have taken this year and the individual route strategically was much harder too because I had to compete a lot more and I'm getting older and the team has always been a massive thing for me like as I said before London it wasn't really a thing I loved the Rio cycle because the team was such a big thing and I loved all the girls and it was amazing to kind of be a part of that new wave um and I think just missing out on Rio 
there is an opportunity um, if we can get it right. And so a, a team medal and then, as Ali said, our individual pieces. And this year it was crazy because the, the finals were split slightly differently. So, um, yeah. like, it's normally always goes vault and bars on one day and beam and floor on the next. And then it was split. So it was floor before the beam final and beam and floor on different days. It was quite random. But for us, I was like, the fact that our finals still fell on the same day, they could have been split. Like, it kind of just felt like it was meant to be yeah. as much as now it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's the big thing and to try and get an Olympic bar medal would be insane. Like that's the goal. And a big thing for me is like, to I want to try and be the first female Olympic champion we have. I was always like afraid to kind of say it before, but I think there's, it's a long shot, but there's, there's a shot and at Worlds I was close and it definitely wasn't my best routine that I put out at the Worlds. Like it was still a new routine and I was so proud that I did it and got that result, but it was probably one of the worst ones I've done, to be fair. Um, especially like my new connection at the end. Like when I look back at the video, I'm like, oh, it was horrible. But knowing that there's those rooms for improvement um, and now that we have a whole other year, that's really exciting. So try to stay in one piece and mentally stay in one piece too. Like that's going to be difficult because it's a long time. Um, but there's a lot to look forward to. So I'm excited. And to your point, Becky, is there isn't a boxer on planet Earth who goes into a fight and says, fingers crossed, you know, who knows what might happen when I get into the fight. They all say, I'm going to knock the guy out. And the yeah. bottom line is, the, to me, the only way they're ever going to do it is by actually starting with the action of proclaiming it. And so regardless of whether it does or it doesn't, I think it's awesome that people are able to say, this is the goal, this is the ambition, this is the aspirant, this is the dream. And if it happens, incredible. And if it doesn't, well, I put myself out there and gave it absolutely everything I had. And genuinely, I would love nothing more than to see you two stood up there in the team final with whatever colour medal around your neck. And I'll go, do you know what? I spoke to those girls when they were just tidying their room before we went and did a podcast. <laughs> All the very best of luck for the next year, girls. I hope you stay safe, stay healthy and fingers crossed we'll see you in Tokyo. Thank you Thank very you. much. Well, that's another episode of the moments that made me in association with the University of Hull. And I have to say, I left that conversation feeling nothing but excitement about the prospects for them both in Tokyo in just one year's time. It could be a year to remember for the Downey family, that's for sure. Now, if you enjoyed that episode, please do rate, review and subscribe. It makes all the difference to us. And also be sure to catch next week's episode, which is with British swimming royalty. It's with none other than the two times Olympic champion, Becky Adlington. I'll catch you then and thank you very much for listening. <laughs>